Hello and welcome. My name is Father William Maestri, and this is another edition of Gabriel's Trumpet for Tuesday, February the 8th. Our reading this morning comes to us by way of the Gospel of St. Mark, chapter 9, verses 30 through 37. Mark, chapter 9, verses 30 through 37. And in this particular episode, uh, the disciples are coming down the mountain. They have been to Mount Tabor with Jesus. Uh, And they have seen the transfiguration of Jesus between standing in the middle of Moses and Elijah, representing the law and the prophets, and the overshadowing of the very presence of God the Father, who tells them that this is his beloved Son, in whom he is well pleased, and they are to listen to him. And, of course, uh, they want to stay on the mountain, but they must come down, because they have to make their way to Jerusalem for the crucifixion of Jesus and his ultimate resurrection. And as they're coming down the mountain and they began, they began their journey through Galilee, uh, he tells them that he doesn't want anyone to know about it, that uh, this is between the disciples and Jesus himself. Uh, he's told them that uh, the Son of Man will be delivered into the hands of men who will put him to death, and then after three days he will rise. And Mark tells us that they failed to understand, but they were afraid to question him. They just kept it to themselves. And as they return to Capernaum, uh, once inside the house where they're going, uh, uh, they began to, they began to uh, talk among themselves, and Jesus says to them, "What were you discussing on the way home?" And they fall silent; they don't say anything. Um, what were you arguing about? Well, they were arguing about what Jesus meant, but also the big topic of conversation was very simply, what's going to happen to me after Jesus is uh, killed, after Jesus is put to death? They didn't hear anything about the resurrection because they were so fixated on one thing that Jesus is going to be killed in Jerusalem. Hence, Peter always tries to get Jesus not to go to Jerusalem. Remember that. And they, they indicate that, uh, you know, but they don't want to. They don't want to tell Jesus that. Uh, they fall silent. Why? Well, because they're arguing about who's going to now be in charge. Uh, who's going to take over uh, self-preservation and the pecking order. And so Jesus says to them, if anyone wishes to rank first, he must remain the last of all and the servant of all. 
Now that completely confuses them even further because in their mind and in the mind of the natural world order, those who are at the top, they call the shots, you know, the one who pays the band calls the tune. And so they're having a real confusion about this because now Jesus is turning it completely upside down and says that the one at the top is the one who is last, the one who serves others. Well, what do you mean? Well, what's the use of being at the top? Shouldn't I be served, waited on, my every whim and fancy taken care of, my every order carried out, my every wish fulfilled? And yet Jesus, once again, is involved in these kinds of sayings that completely dumbfound them. Uh, it doesn't make sense in the natural order of things. The president of the company usually doesn't go around asking what he can do uh, for the secretary or for the office workers or for the plant uh, employees. He gives orders and others carry them out and expects them done. So what does Jesus do? Well, he does what he normally does. He gives them an example. He takes a little child, a little child that happens to be present, and uh, he stands the child in his midst and he puts his arm around him and he says to them, Whoever welcomes a child such as this, for my sake, welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me, welcomes not me, but him who sent me. Now they're, now they're beyond confused. Uh, they almost uh, are preparing the way for Nicodemus. Huh? How can I be born again? You mean, well, how can I become a child? I'm already in my 30s, 40s, or 50s. How can I become uh, like this child? Again, Jesus is talking at a level and inviting them to enter a level of understanding that is beyond the natural order of things. Of course, chronologically, I can't go back to being uh, eight, nine, five, four, whatever. I, I can't do that can't get in a time machine and reverse the process. I'm going to grow older with each day. And yet Jesus seems to be saying that if you want to be a follower of mine, while the world and the natural order grows old, the one who follows Christ grows younger. Not younger in terms of cosmetics and Botox and all of these kinds of things but grows younger in the heart, grows younger in the spirit. In other words, Jesus is inviting them not to be childish, but to be childlike. And Jesus is indicating to them that if you really want to be a follower of his, if you want to be the leader, you must become childlike which means you must be in the world, 
with an attitude and a disposition of faith and trust. Let's return to that natural order. Think of how many things adults, parents, teachers, authority figures, older people, tell children, this is really what's good for you. And it doesn't make any sense to their developing understanding. At that, at that stage of their development, it, it's, it doesn't make sense. It's nonsense. It, it's totally beyond their comprehension at that time. I look at the cake and the ice cream, and I look at the vegetables, and naturally I want the cake and the ice cream. It's pleasing to the eye, it tastes good. It's good once in my stomach, within moderation, because then I can learn another lesson. When my eyes are bigger than my stomach, and I get a stomach ache. Uh, there are various things that we ask children every day that make no sense to them because they're not at that stage of development. And yet we expect them to do it on faith and trust. And so Jesus is telling the disciples, and each of us, of course, that on the natural order of things, if you're going to remain a natural being and not allow yourself to become that supernatural being, made in the image and likeness of God, called to be a disciple, you will always live on the natural order, within the natural order. And the supernatural will never emerge. But to be childlike is to approach Jesus in that faith and trust, similar to that of a child. We may not fully comprehend, fully understand. It may not make sense to us. And yet, we are called by grace and by our openness, our willingness to follow, to believe, and to trust. That's it's a very difficult step. And it's one that we have to do throughout the whole of our life. And yet our life is filled with faith and trust. You go to the doctor. The doctor scribbles something on a pad and says, take it, it's good for you. It'll help you. So we get it filled. We swallow it or rub it on or whatever we do. In the belief that the doctor is indeed prescribing something that is really good for us. We don't know it. We're not doctors. We don't even know what he scribbled on that pad. We, we believe, we trust, that the doctor is giving us something for our good. But again, we don't know that in any real sense of no. We have faith and trust. And God's holy word is a prescription, not scribbled, but offered to us in the pages of scripture, in the sacraments, in the teaching of the church, 
and we're asked to have faith and trust. Not childish, not simply in the silly kind of uh, chuckles the clown fashion, but in the willingness to open our whole being, to trust and to have faith that Jesus Christ is our shepherd, is our Lord and Savior, and is calling us and inviting us to that which is truly good for us, not simply here on earth, but more importantly, for all eternity, life with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We could not live a day, even on the natural order, without faith and trust. How much more so with spiritual things, with the very word of Jesus, the very word of God. It requires of us to become childlike in spirit. So let us today contemplate and to think and to pray that through the Holy Spirit we may receive a heart renewed, a mind open, open to the mystery of God's presence among us so that, like that little child in the midst of Jesus, we may indeed become childlike in living today in faith and trust, knowing that God is always calling us to that which is truly good. God bless you.